Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode 208A of the show. My name is Evan. I am solo dolo this morning. Uh, We're going to go over some Premier League stuff. Uh, The reason that I am solo this morning, I've got some family in town. Things have come up a little bit. Uh, Wanted to take the night off. Matt and I planned on on recording uh, tonight, but I'm going to take the night off. I'm going to spend some time uh, with my family. They're in from out of town, so don't necessarily get a ton of time to do that. Um, You know, talk to Matt. Him and Zach are going to put an episode up later where they sort of run through their thoughts on the week. Um, In the meantime, you will get my uh, thoughts on the week. Just going to quickly run through these games. Uh, was a super busy weekend for me in terms of work. Um, got to got to spend, I guess like it was Sunday. Uh, yeah, it was Sunday. It feels like it was five days ago. The Arsenal-United match. Um, got to spend some time with Matt's dad, actually. Big Mike uh, came into the bar. Uh, my bartender wasn't there yet, so I, <laughs> I was tending bar and waiting tables and doing everything else um and we kind of got to uh watch that game together so that was nice you know i think i've watched more games with mike uh in the past couple of years than i have with matt just because our schedules are so far off um but let's jump into these games uh week started friday a 2-1 win for west ham over luton town jared bowen Got the scoring started early in the 37th. Kurt Zuma, captain of the club and known animal abuser, getting another in the 85th. It wasn't until the 92nd when Mads Jewel Anderson pulled one back for Luton Town. I believe that was their first goal. Um, No, I'm sorry. They have two goals this season, so that was their second goal. Currently, Luton Town... Looking at the uh, relegation scrap heap, they've got three losses and three alongside Burnley. Um, bit unlucky. They haven't played four matches like most of the other clubs because of that one fixture that was um, changed up and moved. But looking pretty bad for them. They looked pretty bad in this one. West Ham controlled a little bit more of the possession than they typically do. But of course, that was the case going up against Luton, who just look Shocking, uh, essentially all over the pitch. They did have a few chances. They uh, they they worked the ball better, I think, in this one than they have in the past couple of weeks. But ultimately, we're only able to summon thirty eight percent possession. Um, just that one shot on target from Mad Shul Anderson uh, in the ninety second that fell and became a goal. Sixteen shots total. This was a bit better from Luton, but I think the the gap in quality between West Ham and Luton is is pretty uh, massive this year. Um, on the West Ham side, I think Ward-Prowse has just been absolutely sensational. He's got another assist in this one. Bowen seems like he's back to the goal-scoring form, not of last year, but the year before. Uh, Antonio looks lively. Wasn't necessarily as good in this one as he was in the week prior. We saw a new boy Mohamed Kudus get some time in off the bench. Um, I thought Ben Rama was uh, honestly shocking in this one. He was really, really poor. Just launched a ton of balls that had no, you know, no reason to be shot. Um, could have taken an extra touch. Could have looked for an extra pass and decided to just put them on frame. I don't know. He's not really moving the needle for me this season. 
But in total, I think West Ham have looked really, really good. Uh, they were a team that I thought would go down. I thought we were in for hamigation. And that's just not been the case whatsoever. Currently, West Ham sit above Arsenal. They have four. Uh, they're in fourth position. They've got three wins, 10 points, level with Tottenham, Liverpool, Arsenal, and then one point ahead of Brighton, who are in sixth. So a great start for Davin Moyes and his boys. Um, just an absolutely fantastic start to the season. We'll see if they can keep it up, but a great three points for West Ham in this one. Up next, we had Sheffield United 2, Everton 2. This was the early game on Saturday. Got off to an electric start when Abdoulaye Dekoure struck in the 14th minute. Cameron Archer, who had an unbelievable game with a lovely goal in the 33rd, just picked out the far right corner, hit the post, bounced off of Pickford and right into the net. Bit unlucky for Pickford there, to be fair. Um, that was just an unreal strike. Divine play from him all day. Uh, or actually, I'm sorry. The 33rd minute goal was, was Archer alone. It wasn't until the 45th when Pickford uh, was awarded the own goal on that other Cameron Archer strike. And then the boy who forgot his shooting boots last week, Arnold Danjuma, struck in the 55th to level the uh, the affair it seemed like at this time, both of these teams decided a point would be good. They'd take the point considering neither of them uh, had any points yet, and they share the two in this one. As of this moment, the form for both of these teams, they're in 17th and 18th, respectively. Um, Everton, three losses and then a draw. Sheffield, three losses and then a draw. So while West Ham are not necessarily where we thought they'd be uh, in the table, Everton certainly are. And I think Sheffield had been quite poor as well. Um, Beto, who is the new signing from Udinese, I believe, in Italy, um, did start in this one for Everton. He looks lively. I think uh, he'll be a great signing for them. It's it's nice to see Denjuma get maybe moved a little bit further back into that left mid position. He's tracking back a little bit more. And then we have Beto up top. And Ducore actually playing like attacking mid. He's further forward than Onana and Adrissa Gay. Um, I think this is better for Everton. I think this will work better. And if they're able to launch balls in to Beto and he's able to use his pace and his physicality, which he has in droves, um, Everton would be able to score, at least score a little bit more. I don't know defensively if they'll be able to hold up against the big clubs, but this was better from Everton. We saw, you know, they struggled to score goals in the league um, thus far, and they got two in this one, albeit against a somewhat poor Sheffield United defense. Still an improvement for Everton, and I think Sheffield will be happy to take a point as well. So that was an interesting match. I, I was a bit surprised to see four goals out of that one, but impressive nonetheless um we will move on to manchester city five fulham one julian alvarez getting the scoring started in the 35th 31st minute sorry tim ream struck right back um that absolute american superhero in the 33rd okay won in the stoppage time of the first half in like the 50th minute uh and then we had erling holland erupt for a second half hat trick 58th, 70th, he had a penalty, and then one in the 95th. Just an absolutely sensational second half from Erling Holland. This is the city we've come to know and love. I thought maybe it could be tricky against Fulham, but they went out and they absolutely battered them. Holland just doing everything he possibly could to bury the game, make sure they left, no doubt. 
new boy Jeremy Doku got the start at right attacking mid. Foden at left and Alvarez right in the center, right behind Holland. This is the way they need to play. Um, we saw Kovacic get the start as well. I don't necessarily think we're going to see anybody else in there for him. A um, couple of, of names on the bench that you don't necessarily see. Oscar Bob, uh, Mateus Nunez. Of course, Mateus Nunez came in from Wolves. That is official. He is now on Manchester City. And then Oscar Bob, I believe, is a young boy. We haven't seen him much, but he did come on in this one. Um, not much to discuss outside of City's dominance. Five shots on target, five goals. Just goes to show how clinical they are. Fulham, maybe a little bit unlucky to not get another, but when you're going against City and they are scoring at that clip, it's just so easy to get, um, you know, disheartened. Yeah, what, what are you possibly going to do? Tim Ream had, you know, had the goal. I think this back line is decent for Fulham, but who the fuck is going to stop City? Arsenal can't stop them. Liverpool can't stop them. It's, uh, it's just going to be tough for any singular team. Uh, to stop to stop City this year, I just don't necessarily see how anybody's going to do it. So uh, expect their continued dominance. And at this point, it's looking like you know Holland will be chasing down Shearer's all-time scoring uh, record. You know, it doesn't doesn't seem like uh, it's not that far out of the possibility. Up next, we had Chelsea nil, <laughs> Nottingham Forest one. The only difference in this one being an Anthony Alunga goal in the 48th minute. This is a super unfortunate result uh, for Chelsea. Of course, the game was at Stamford Bridge. Man, this one is is one they're going to want back. Um, Connor Gallagher and Caicedo playing the pivot. You had Sterling up top playing like right mid, right attacking mid, sort of ranging into the center. Nico Jackson up top by himself, and then Enzo Fernandez uh, behind him. It's unfortunate to see Ben Chilwell playing like left mid. Uh, I think Malagusto actually plays into that spot well. He's a player that you can absolutely play there, but it's tough to see Chilwell being uh, moved that far up the pitch. He's a much better defender. He's better just getting up the flank randomly and crossing the ball in. Uh, he's playing out of position right now, and Poch is just playing one of the most putrid formations that I've seen. I need something a little bit more concrete from them. Otherwise, we're going to see results like they uh, they they put up against you know Nottingham Forest. Taiwo, not much of a factor in this one. Uh, the goal, of course, coming uh, from the bench. Anthony Alonga was subbed in later, uh, or at halftime rather, and made you know a fantastic finish there uh, in the 48th minute. Chelsea weren't able to get back into it. Unfortunately, Nico Jackson did miss a couple of chances in this one. Uh, Connor Gallagher, I thought, was one of their most positive players going forward, truthfully. And that back line is just struggling uh, with pace. Thiago Silva and Axel de Sassi are both not super quick players. I don't think Caicedo has been the difference maker uh, they were expecting. Of course, he is playing defensive midfield. There's not all that much you can do in terms of goal scoring and providing an offensive effort. But in general, considering how much he costs, um, I don't necessarily know if he's been worth all that money so far. So I don't know what Chelsea are going to do moving forward. I think this could be, uh, it could be quite tough. It could be another tough season. I thought Chelsea would be immediately back, but when we look at the table right now, 
they're sitting in 12th position. They've got two losses and winning the draw. Not terrible, but they've only managed to summon four points from four games. Meanwhile, you've got clubs like Manchester United, who have been absolutely shocking thus far, above them on six points. You've got Villa above them on six points, and they've gotten destroyed a couple of times, twice now. Nottingham Forest, same thing. Two wins, two losses. They're above uh, Chelsea. And Chelsea are kind of in that Newcastle boat where I thought they'd be much better. Uh, Newcastle, same thing. You know, they've got three losses in their last four games. It's not a great start. I do have faith that Chelsea will turn it around, but this was not a result that points to that. Uh, I think I just kind of have to stick with what my initial um, sort of uh, prediction was and hope that maybe once they get Reese James back, things will settle in and they'll be able to get a concrete playing style uh, going under Mauricio Pochettino. Up next, Burnley 2, Tottenham 5. A Lyle Foster goal in the fourth minute opened the scoring for Burnley. Of course, the game at Turf Moor crowd was absolutely electric. But in the 16th minute, Sun Hyung Min scored. He scored again in the 63rd and again in the 66th, so a hat trick for him. But before those two goals, we saw Christian Romero score a big boy goal in stoppage time of the first half. James Madison added another, and then it was the Sun Hyung Min show. Like I said, 63rd, 66th, 11 shots on target for Spurs in this one. Control the possession, move the ball around so intently. This Ange ball is moving me deeply. Josh Brownhill got one back in the 94th. But the deluge of goals from Tottenham was just too much for Burnley to stop. On the Burnley front, what I will say is what they did so well last year in the championship, they have not done well at all uh, so far in you know this Premier League season. It's been very poor. Um, they have been very poor. It seems like maybe I don't I don't think companies lost the locker room or anything like that, but um, whatever they were doing last year is not working, uh, in the Premier League. I don't know if it's time for a tactical switch. I don't know if company just needs to drill them harder. Um, but the quality on the pitch, it, it's just not there. You know, Lyle Foster, I think is a player that's decent. I think he's got two goals already this season. I don't, I don't have any issues with Amdouni either, but Dara O'Shea and Bayer and Roberts and, and Al Dockel at the back has just not been great. James Trafford has had an extremely tough season. He's gone up against some top opposition already. Burnley, uh, Tottenham. It, it's not, it's not great. So I think, you know, there could be brighter times for Burnley ahead, but it's it's not been a great start to the season. They are right with Luton Town, um, tied for last place. Luton's in 19th, Burnley's in 20th. They both have three losses, and unless things turn around and they're able to summon a couple of results, they're already looking at a battle for relegation. They really needed a few points uh, in the first few matches, and they just weren't able to get it. So tough, tough stuff there. And, of course, Tottenham continue. Uh, looking absolutely fantastic on a goal-scoring front. So hats off to Spurs. Up next, Brentford 2, Bournemouth 2. I don't necessarily think this one went as everybody expected, but the Bees tie the Cherries in a match at GTEC Community Stadium. So Bournemouth coming to Brentford and sharing the points. Fantastic result for them. Matthias Jensen got the scoring off in the 7th minute. Dom Solanke added one in the 30th. David Brooks added one in the 77th. Bournemouth leading 2-1, heading into the dying embers of the game. But of course, 
Who else but Brian and Buemo, the replacement for Ivan Tony, adding a goal in the 93rd so the two teams share the points. Brentford, of course, were better in this one. I think everybody expected Brentford to be the dominant team. They had 62% of the possession versus Bournemouth's 38. Almost 500 passes for Brentford, just 300 for Bournemouth. Um, but of course, you expect that with the way possession shaped out. Brentford had the more concrete chances as well. The issue in this one, I think, is is the fact that Rico Henry and Kevin Shada and even uh, Visa just not getting as involved as we would have liked. Uh, Visa is now playing in the center. He can play on the wing as well. Um, sometimes it's Embuemo in the center. Sometimes it's Visa. But I think Visa is better on the wing, and I think maybe they'll move Embuemo in. I don't know. I think they're going to be really upset not taking three points from this one. I think Bournemouth will be absolutely chuffed. Brentford are an extremely tough team to play. They are still unbeaten, which is nice. Um, they've got a win and three draws. They have played Tottenham, which is a tough team to play. So I don't think we have anything to worry about at Brentford. This is a, a blip. It's definitely not the result that they would have been looking for. But if you can let you you know if you can let your defense cook and and let them. Just not concede, really, outside of... I guess they've got two 2-2 two, two draws, but um, they're all playing well as a unit still. I think Thomas Frank won't be upset with the way that they played, uh, but this is a fantastic result for Andoni Iriola, uh and the Cherries, no doubt about it. Up next, we had Brighton 3, Newcastle 1, and Evan Ferguson hat-trick is the difference in this one. And a truly dominant performance from Brighton, who bounced back uh, after that disappointing performance against West Ham last week. 15 shots for Brighton, six of those on target, 56% possession going to the goals. Um, just an, an absolute masterclass in terms of ball movement here. Matoma with an assist. I think Solly March had an assist. And then Evan Ferguson just absolutely cooking. Uh, he had an unbelievable game. One of the goals was a deflection, but the other two were fantastic finishes. This is the way that Brighton are designed to play. You don't necessarily see three strikers scoring all the time, but or you don't see a striker scoring three goals all the time for Brighton. A lot of the goals come from the wings or even the midfield. But they were they were just fantastic in this one. They did such a great job getting Evan Ferguson the ball. Um, he he had an unreal day. It looks like his touch was just really on, uh, and he he had no desire to lose this game so Evan Ferguson Irish I believe apparently <laughs> uh, he has eligibility to play for England from what I'm hearing um, as a half Irishman myself I'd, I'd hope that he sticks with uh, ROI but yeah what a great performance from him and hopefully we'll see more stuff like that from him all season because Brighton have been looking for a first choice striker for a while and I think uh, he could absolutely be that guy and, you know, the youth development continually just looking absolutely sensational. Uh, for Newcastle, poor defensively, very, very poor. Fabian Schar not looking up to the task so far this season. Um, we saw a little bit of Lascelles. Callum Wilson came on. Harvey Barnes came on. Uh, I think they need to be starting Harvey Barnes, to be fair. Uh, I, I think he probably deserves a spot over a few of those players in the attack. I don't know when we're going to see that change, but I do think we will see it this year. Um, I'm just not really happy with the way that uh, Jolinton's played. Definitely not happy with the way that that Fabian Schar is playing. But what are you gonna do? You know they're they're missing some guys on defense. 
Um, and, and they just got absolutely cut open by Evan Ferguson and Matoma in this one. Almiron looking poor. Uh, Anthony Gordon not necessarily having the game of his life. He, he of course, did play well last week against Liverpool. But this is, uh, this is concerning for Newcastle at this point. Eddie Howell's boys are not playing the way that they were last year. They are not as watertight as they were on the defensive side of the ball, and I think that's made all the difference. They did win their first game. Uh, in the first week, but they've lost three on the bounce since then, and they're beginning a slide. They have, I believe they have uh, Brentford next week, so that's not a cupcake either. Newcastle need to start getting some points or else they're going to get into hot water really, really shortly. Um, I I don't know. I'm a little bit partial to Newcastle. I like them. I like the way they played last year, uh, but I do like Brighton as well, so I, I have no you know qualms with the way that this went, but uh, it was rather one-sided, for sure. We'll move on to the next one, which was, again, I felt one-sided, but the result wouldn't tell you that. Crystal Palace 3, Wolves 2. Um, the first goal didn't come until late. There was five total goals scored in the last half hour of the game. Uh, Hudson and Ward in the 56th. Uh, Huang Hee Chan in the 65th. 1-1. One, one heading into squeaky bum time, where Eberiche Eza, he doesn't want to be called Eze anymore. He wants to be Eza uh, as a fantasy owner and an enjoyer of his game. I will be calling him Eberiche Eza. Uh, he scored in the 78th, just an absolutely lovely, deft uh, back heel to the front side of himself, got inside the defender and tapped into the far left corner. That was an unbelievable goal. Um, and again, T- Tyreek Mitchell actually was uh, He had one of the assists on the Odson Edward goals. That was just such a great cross and such a good finish. Edward uh, was sensational in this one. In the 96th minute, Mateus Cunha uh, steered one in uh, with his head. Same thing as Huang Hee Chan. Wolves didn't look that great, but they were able to get a couple of goals off of set pieces and, and stopped play. Um, they had 60% of the possession, but again, like just, just boring, not great. Uh, I, Lamina always getting into beef. We had Ait Nori get cooked a few times. He had a yellow card. Um, Semedo not, not up to the task. This, this center back pairing is not great with Craig Dawson and Max Kilman. It's not moving the needle for me. And when you look on the other side, Joaquin Anderson has been fantastic. And Mark Gahey again has been really, really sound this year. Um, so far, so a bit unlucky to concede two goals, but they take all three points and Crystal Palace continue to look like an offensive juggernaut. I mean, they had 11 shots on target, um, with a, you know, 42 to 58% possession rating. So that's, that's impressive. Uh, they were making the most out of their chances and Roy has his boys just absolutely cooking. Uh, Mateta, I think got the assist on the as a goal, uh, at the end there, but yeah, what a what a performance from Crystal Palace. They seem to be in fantastic form. They're in, you know, seventh right now. They do have a loss, but they've also got two wins and a draw. So they're sitting on seven points, one point above Brentford, and just two points below Brighton. All right. Uh next game, Liverpool three, Aston Villa nil. Dominic Soboslai, Hungarian uh new boy scoring in the third minute, getting Liverpool off hot. Uh, Matty Cash with an own goal in the 22nd. And then Mo Salah with a goal to himself in the 55th minute. Just absolutely sliced open this back line. Uh, they got they got completely cooked. Matty Cash was actually playing further up the pitch in this one. He was playing right mid after playing right back. 
uh, the past two weeks, and I he did get two goals last week, but they were playing Burnley, so... Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Diaby neutralized. Ali Watkins neutralized. It was Matip and Gomez at the back there. Um, so it's not like they're going up against against Van Dyke or anything like that. Um, but just a, just a fucking unbelievable match from Liverpool. McAllister looks great. Soboslai looks like he's probably worth the money at this point. Uh, Mo Salah, despite being linked to Sa- uh, Saudi, had a fantastic match in this one. Nunez, <laughs> a little bit returned to form. Uh, <laughs> had a tough time. Uh, sort of, you know, turning a few balls in, but still a really great performance uh, from Liverpool. They only had four shots on target, but they were able to convert three goals out of that, controlled the game, 700 passes, um, and it looks like this new midfield is is just much, much better than the one we saw last year. And I think, truthfully, uh, Liverpool, while maybe not back to the standard of winning the Champions League, are in a great spot right now. They're on 10 points. Tottenham, Liverpool, West Ham, and Arsenal all level, tied for second place essentially at this point. So, fantastic performance. Villa, there's some uh, there's some questions there, I think, but they're still in 10th. They've got two wins out of their first four. It's it's not you know it's not anything super concerning, especially because this is a long project that they have going. But I think they would have at least liked to be competitive in this match against Liverpool. And unfortunately, uh, they weren't able to do that. Okay, on to the last. Arsenal 3, Manchester United 1. What a game. Um, as I mentioned, watch this one with, with Big Wald. Uh, was, was just... <laughs> I was so busy while this game was going on. Uh, there was Arsenal fans at the bar. There was United fans at the bar. It was fantastic to get an atmosphere like that down where I am. We don't get it often. Uh, and it was just so nice to be able to watch the game in the presence of football fans and, and enjoyers, respecters. Uh, I, I love that. It just makes the experience uh, of watching your team win and take all three points all that much sweeter. It wasn't always going to be three points for Arsenal, though. Manchester United opened the scoring in the 27th minute with an absolutely sensational curling effort from Marcus Rashford, took the ball onto his right foot, did a couple of body feints, and just finished so nicely into the far right corner, beat Ramsdale. He got a he got a hand on it, but out of position, again, this is continuing to be an issue. Just a minute later, Martin Odegaard took things upon himself and lasered one into the bottom right corner past Andre Onana. There was nothing he could do about that one. Just perfectly placed, almost passed it with just R- Randy Johnson-type speed into the bottom right corner. So, so good. And then things became quiet. Arsenal had a chance. Saka blew it. Havertz had a chance. He blew it. He was brought down. Thought it would be a penalty. Penalty was overturned. Then we had Garnacho score a goal, but he was offside. And then in the 96th minute, the ball came in from a corner. And none other than Declan Rice turned the ball into the net. We should say it was a bit of a deflection. Um, unlucky, uh, I guess, for, for United. But still, Rice brought the ball down well. He took it upon himself to be in the right position and to take the shot that could change the game. And what do you know? It did. Declan Rice rushed to the corner flag, wanted to be embraced by the Arsenal faithful, and boy was he. What an unbelievable moment. I was screaming. It was such a great thing to see. Um, I, you know, Rice 
just just for this moment, just to beat United after they contended with us, after not contending with any other teams really this season despite winning. They've looked like shit, and they got a shit result. And Declan Rice being the one to hand that to them brought me so much internal joy. My heart fluttered, and this is back to last season when I'm watching an Arsenal that I enjoy, that I feel so passionate about. And then in the 101st minute, because of stoppage time, Gabriel Jesus latched onto a ball played in by Fabio Vieira. Defense caught out. It was only Dallow back. Jesus came on as a sub, made his way to the left side of the 18. Diego, Dal- Diego Dallow, rather, uh, sliding in. Just one of the filthiest body feints. Cuts to his right foot. Finishes coolly past Onana. The streets are saying Diogo Dallo is still sliding. He got fucking skinned. Just so cooked by Jesus. Jesus finishes into the corner. Phone, you know, telephone Sally. Uh just just filled me with joy. Um such a cool finish, man. Such such a great finish from Jesus. He he absolutely skinned him. We finish taking all three points. 17 shots, five of those on target. United, 10 shots, two of those on target. 55% possession for Arsenal. They passed the ball better. They played better. Um, and they wanted it more. So I will absolutely take three points at the Emirates. It was absolutely rocking in this one. And I was just so pleased to see uh, the boys cooking. You know, it was great. Getting goals for midfield makes me so happy. And. Uh, I will say Havertz is still really, really shit. He he missed the sitter. Uh, he made a mistake that actually led to the Ra- or led to the Rashford goal. Um, but man, it's great when the wings aren't providing. It's great to get goals from the midfield. And man, it's 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 so nice to see uh, Gabriel Jesus back in the team as well. I cannot wait uh, until he's named in the team sheet as a starter because he just opens up so much space, so many lanes. Uh, and he's a great passer of the football and as well. A uh, fantastic finisher. So that is the recap for the week. Um, we'll move into match day five where we have 10 games to preview. I will text Matt my picks, um, but I will also give you guys my picks right here. We're right about half an hour right now, so it won't be a super long um, podcast, but that's fine. Matt and Zach will give you a little bit of a longer one later, I would imagine. Uh, We've got Wolves and Liverpool kicking off at 7.30 on Saturday. Um, This, of course, is Saturday, September 16th, so we've got 10 days until then. Uh, we are in the international break now, unfortunately. Um, you know what? You know what? I'm not going to give you my picks. Um, because things could happen in international games that that maybe change the way this is. So Matt and I will give you our picks next week, uh, and Zach, instead of doing it this week. And we'll close the episode out now. I totally forgot about that, honestly. Um, so apologies on, on the post 20 end. Um, I guess that's it. Um, quick episode. Sorry about that boys, uh, and girls, but thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you check us out on social media at post 20 pod. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find all past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple podcasts. And in the meantime, while you wait for Matt's episode, go ahead, go over to, uh, the post 20 feed. Check out the uh, NFL show. Jeremy and I are back, 
Uh, we did our picks. We did our week one preview. Uh, kind of talked about who we're high on, who we're not. Fantasy stuff, lines, gambling, uh, all kinds of good NFL stuff. So get over there. If you're interested, uh, give that a shot. Check it out. And uh, I guess we will see you guys next week. Thanks again for listening, and take care.